This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deardo with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Dr. Vernika Sales, Chief of Population Health and Performance Services at Legacy Community Health. Dr. Sales, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. Now, I'm looking forward to our conversation and really learning more about what you're doing at Legacy Community Health around value-based care in population health management. But before we dive into that discussion, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background in Legacy Community Health? Sure. So I'm a board certified pediatrician by training, uh, was in practice for many years before uh, embarking on a journey to manage care, where I spent 12 years in that space as a frontline medical uh physician or medical director, and then I moved into a special needs product for the state. And then um, all of that work was really done in the Medicaid space. Then I had the pleasure and opportunity to uh, go over into the um, commercial space and learned a lot in that area. Um, after spending uh, that time as a senior medical director in the commercial space, I was went on to be the chief medical officer for a regional health plan here in the Houston area serving um, 20 counties. So uh, that's kind of been my journey. Uh, I don't think it started out uh, as I didn't plan it to go that way, but it, it has been great. Um, and now I'm with Legacy, um, leading population health and uh, all things value-based care. Uh, Legacy is a federally qualified health clinic with over 50 locations. We are now up to uh, about 1,500 plus employees. We offer services for uh, a robust and, and primary care services in pediatrics, OBGYN, family, geriatrics. We have a robust uh, behavioral health program where we have over 100 therapists and 40 plus psychiatrists. We offer dental and vision services and um, actually have some really great uh, services in our pharmacy space as well. Um, I could go on and on, but for those who know um, FQHCs, we, in addition, we offer social work services and a social determinants of health team. We have school-based health, um, patient education, prenatal navigators, and uh, much more. Well, that's amazing to hear, and certainly such a, a needing service for the community. Um, thank you so much for describing that to us and really helping us understand the position you're in. So I know you've been charged with rolling out and implementing a value-based care approach across legacy community health. Could you tell us more about what that means? Yeah, so, you know, being an FQHC positions us to be able to kind of provide those ancillary and wraparound services that are so important to value-based care. The one thing that Legacy uh, wasn't, or excuse me, that didn't have prior to uh, my onboarding was a care management team and specific care coordination um, designed to meet the needs uh, necessary for those patients in a value-based care program. So most recently, we have stood up uh, a care management program that includes transitions of care, 
um, which help you know the patients when they are visit the ER or being discharged from the hospital. Uh, that program we engage them while they're there, and then we uh, get them plugged into a follow up visit so that we can meet those metrics. Um, the other thing that we have rolled out is some specific disease management for high blood pressure, diabetes, asthma. Um, and so, uh, and partner with our pharmacy uh, team, we have a group of clinical pharmacists that also help us with our medication adherence. So those are some of the things that we've uh, uh, embarked on as we're in this early journey of value-based care and um, trying to get the organizational buy-in necessary. We have historically operated fee-for-service and that's kind of what we've done. Uh, and now trying to in, it, educate this organization and our providers and our ancillary staff on the importance of documentation to uh, serve the patients we need and really have that impactful uh, outcome that we're all hoping to have uh, for those of us in, in uh, healthcare, but to really see it happen for this vulnerable population that we serve here. Absolutely. I think that's so critical. And I, I love the attention you paid in order, um, you know, to this change management process, because it is a big step for a lot of um, people who have worked in healthcare for a long time to change that mindset and think about the value-based care opportunities and why that is really important for the community. How do you really keep the energy and motivation going around this, especially I can imagine launching it is one thing, but then over time, as the change continues to happen, and you start to see some of the um, the the effects of it, or maybe things aren't moving as quickly as, as you had wanted them to. How do you really keep the energy and motivation going around something like this? Yeah, so that's been a challenge. I'll be very frank with you. What we did do is we hired a, a nurse practitioner um, specifically to kind of help us um, in our senior care. That's kind of where we first started. And what she did is we brought her in to host educational uh, sessions around the importance of it. And then um, we took it a step further to have her rally with the clinicians uh, in the clinics. So she does a couple of days of at what we call at the elbow support to support and inspire and cheerlead the, the physicians as they are seeing the patient. So she's there with them showing them um, things that they should be documenting, um, what they should be writing down, how and, and helping them with their coding um, and answering any questions that they may have while they're seeing those patients. And I found that that, um, along with uh, two MAs that we have hired to uh, travel with her to around to our clinics has helped to kind of keep the engagement um, and the energy around it that we know come, you know, there'll be fatigue that comes and uh, in, in the buy-in is slow, but with that focus and that strategy, we've seen at least a little traction um, and, and moving the needle forward. Well, that's great to hear. And certainly is so, so helpful advice for all the others who are going through a similar process or, or planning to in the coming months. Now, where is Legacy Health at in its value-based journey today? Well, still very early. It's been a year and a half since we started on this journey. Um, one of the things that we found that we needed were, um, you know, some of the infrastructure that's required, right? So the tools, the staff, and being an FQHC, our resources are fairly limited. So 
that's why I say we're early. We have hired some staff, a group of nurses, some uh, medical assistants, a behavioral health case manager, and we've uh, also improved our quality department that we know we needed to have some of the analytics. Um, we have recently rolled out EPIC, which we think is gonna be helpful in us capturing and, and improving the efficiency of actually seeing the patients and understanding where there's some care gaps that need to be addressed. But definitely early, a year and a half in, still learning, um, still trying to get contracts in place. That's another area uh, that I'm responsible for. Um, and so today we have about four value-based uh, care agreements in place. We are a participant in a um, traditional uh, MSSP uh, program, an ACO program with the group, and uh, still learning, still learning from the nuances of just setting it up. How do we report on the data? How do we ingest data to make it actionable for the care coordination team and the clinicians? Um, so more to come on that. Well, that's great to hear. And certainly, you know, I can imagine having that EHR in place and ready to go will make a big difference. I'm also wondering what you've learned over the years working in population health and managed care. I can imagine it's changed quite a bit since you um, began in this space. And so I, I'd love to hear from your perspective on um, what you've learned and, and where you see things headed. Yeah, so things that I can say I learned from when I originally started uh, in managed care is that quite often the, the managed care organizations will develop programs and collaborate internally on how they feel the uh, industry should be moving or what clinicians should be doing. Um, and oftentimes they attempt to get the, the feedback through focus groups from patients and from providers, but sometimes having them embedded in the process very early on is needed. So uh, what I would say is that for uh, having spent that time on the managed care side, there are definitely a number of physicians in that space um, trying to be the voice for the community but sometimes being going to the community that you're trying to impact, and that's from the provider side and from the patient side and from the community-based organizations is imperative to have success in the programs that you're trying to roll out in value-based care. Um, really, truly understanding the patients and collaborating with what's impactful for them in their healthcare journey, I think is what we need. Oftentimes, you know, we'll go and we'll say, this is what we see from the data. Um, but um, sometimes, you know, for the patient, it's just not that important, that data that they're seeing is something else. And some most often it's the social drivers that are, are more important to the patient um, that we need to address before the patient and even the provider can put the member's healthcare at the forefront of what we're doing. So what I've learned is early collaboration and often is needed. Um, and it is really just a, a partnership that has to take place um, in order for us to really see the impact that all of us are hoping for and moving um, the health of this country forward. Wow, that's amazing to hear and definitely, you know, um, so inspiring to think through your perspective and your lens. I I'm also wondering, can you tell me about the most impactful initiative that you've worked on this year? Um, really just appreciate to know what that looked like and what were the results? 
Yeah, so for, for legacy, um, you know, having all of the ancillary staff uh, in place was a good thing, but really standing up a program and um, acting on it was a little bit more challenging. So our transitions of care program, I will say for me, was most impactful for this organization um, in that, you know, historically we had not proactively outreach to patients in facilities because as a FQHC, we had been bound by the four walls. And this program has allowed us to go outside of those four walls, collaborate with our hospital systems and, and get information early on so that we could get patients back into care and help them get the right care at the right time. And so we were able to engage um, a number of patients and get them scheduled with a 49% success rate, which I feel for the first year is, is, uh, is, a, is a great feat for us, um, given the challenging population that we work with. Our population is underserved and, and very vulnerable and struggle with transportation. Some of them even struggle with coverage. So we are doing this for patients outside of the managed care uh, agreements, you know, so any of our patients that hit the emergency room are touched that we are aware of and try and brought and we try to bring them back into care in a timely fashion. So going above and beyond just our contractual requirements uh, with payers, uh, we are doing this for all of our patients, regardless of their ability to pay. I so appreciate that. And that's so admirable and inspiring. I can imagine it was no easy task to set something up like that. But certainly, you know, as you mentioned, the results speak for themselves in really such a, a much needed service for the community. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, before we wrap up here, I wanted to ask one more question. How do you keep diversity, health equity and access to care front and center during this transition to value based care? Very carefully, uh, what we, you know, our organization is set up to have our staff um, kind of look like the patients we serve. So we ensure that there is equity and uh, cultural sensitivity around the care that we provide. So a lot, a large portion of our staff is Spanish speaking and uh, of the uh, Hispanic descent. Um, in addition, um, we ensure that uh, there is, because of the vulnerability of the conditions that we treat, some of our staff also are patients and, and can definitely empathize with our uh, the population that we serve. You know, Legacy started out in the HIV AIDS epidemic um, and so is well-versed to understand what it looks like to have uh, that um, sensitivity around the populations that we're working with. Um, but by hiring though the staff to kind of mimic the patients we've served, we've been successful in keeping um, health equity and diversity at the forefront of what we do. Patient access, uh, similar to some of the things that we've done to ensure that, that we have access is um, since COVID, we've been allowed to uh, advance on telemedicine more. So we are offering more telemedicine services, especially in our behavioral health space, um, as well as our medical, but more so in behavioral. Um, and we've just kind of expanded our footprint and will continue to grow to ensure that we provide that access to that vulnerable population that we know so desperately needs it. That's amazing. Dr. Sales, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been such a fun and interesting conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you for having me. 
It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there. Mm -hmm.